Hey friends, Marthaim here, host of AIJCast. When we began this podcast back in 2017, we did so by bringing you conversations and performances at the intersection of art, inspiration, and justice. And while what that looks like may have changed, that core mission remains the same. We have experimented with different ways of living out that mission, from in-person events to collaborations with other artists, and more. But since October of last year, as violence rapidly increased in Israel and Palestine, our attention was drawn there, and so it made all the sense in the world to hold our gaze there. I've shared before about my own sense of draw to that place, how my wife Elizabeth and I lived there for three years, and how as we became aware that there was an audience paying attention to us far beyond those in the village where we lived, we took to the art of writing as a way to both process what we were experiencing and to share some of that life with those far beyond where we were. And so our podcast has shifted with all of this in mind. The episodes are shorter, they are monologues, not conversations, and they are focused on this one part of the world. The suffering there is dramatic. Not there alone, there are other parts of the world where there is great suffering. And yet, by the unique circumstances of my own experience there, it still seems right to reflect on what is happening now by sharing the art that Elizabeth and I created way back when. As I've said before, to me it feels a little bit like sitting vigil. As I record this, there are still growing calls for a ceasefire. Calls which continue to be ignored in the places where it matters the most. And as a reminder, a ceasefire is just the first step toward what is really needed. A negotiated, just peace that allows for Israeli and Palestinian dignity. The situation in Gaza is dire. It gets more and more dire. The warnings continue to grow. The latest issue is that the United Nations Relief Works Agency is facing accusations from the Israeli military that members of their staff participated in the October 7th Hamas attacks on Israel. The response from the international community has been swift, cutting off funding to the UNRWA. As a reminder, this agency is a literal lifeline for people in Gaza. Meanwhile, members of the Israeli cabinet have been calling for the expulsion of Palestinians and the rebuilding of Gaza for Israeli Jews. It is textbook ethnic cleansing, the gentler version of genocide. As I look back on our time living there, I marvel at what we lived through. Of course, our American passports provided us with layers of both protection and privilege and gave us both the gift and the curse of being first-hand witnesses to the horrific brutality of occupation and its outcomes, both those intended and not. So just as we shared those with our reading audience back in the early 2000s, I share these with you now. And so, from August 23, 2001, a reflection entitled, A Plea. This summer, we spent much of our time in the Ramallah area studying Arabic at Birzeit University. From our summer residence, we were able to travel regularly to Jerusalem and Ramallah, which gave us the chance to taste parts of the Palestinian culture not available to us in the northernmost reaches of the West Bank. Much of our time was spent in areas C and B, the categories of the West Bank still under Israeli military control. This meant that we saw sides of the current conflict thankfully absent from our home in Area C in Zababdi. From a much closer and more personal vantage point, 
we saw terror effectively paralyze entire communities. The crippling punishments of an entire people for the actions of a few. The death of innocents and the targeting of the guilty without trial. From only our last few weeks there, images swirl in our minds of children killed by bombs and rockets, old men and women puking from tear gas fumes, people's faces gripped by fear and anger and hatred. Add to these a general backdrop of hundreds of deaths, a fifth of them children, and tens of thousands of injuries floating in a sea of demolished homes, uprooted trees, and broken dreams. It has been and continues to be very difficult to make sense, to understand and articulate the feelings they provoke. What we can say with certainty is that our struggle with these feelings, images, and realities has brought us to a new appreciation of sin. There is nothing like a year in the so-called Holy Land to restore one's belief in total depravity. Sin usually calls to mind moral categories, doing the right thing, not doing the right thing, a question of ethics. But the real truth of sin is much deeper. It is the very nature of our existence, broken, imperfect, mortal, confused, reaching for something. It is, in fact, not a moral or ethical question, but is existential to the core. Are humans capable of perfection? Or are we intrinsically imperfect? The answer for us has to be imperfect. We are flawed, broken, and subject to evil and cruelty. How else can we understand the intentional suffering inflicted upon person after person, family after family, community after community, time after time? As imperfect beings, we often are motivated by our own pain and convert it into hurtful acts of racism, hatred, and revenge. Even when our intentions are good, like a secure Israel, an independent Palestine, our methods too often deny the sanctity of the other and cause pain and suffering. There is no solution except conversion, a turning of the self, an opening up to teachability and transformation, and ultimately, grace. Otherwise, we are left to our own devices and doomed to create our own corrupt, cruel reality. Only when we are opened and changed can we begin to understand our place in a reign of peace that no longer sees the innocent as the guilty, or the guilty as the condemnable. No longer will we categorize an entire race as unworthy of existence or place. No longer will we grasp for straws of reality because we will be held by a reality that is far greater and purer and more perfect than anything that our petty, stained, imperfect existence is capable of producing. This month, a plea. We ask of you what we ask ourselves, what we ask of those around us. We ask you to free yourselves that you might be converted. Allow yourselves to be part of that grace. Permit yourselves to be opened to it and by it, and turn to it and with it to be carried by it, enveloped by it, lifted by it, and held by it. And when you are, follow it to the ends of the earth. Act on its behalf, and let it help you to shape, mold, and heal this fragile world. Grace and peace, Elizabeth and Marthane.